I got it. Always. Amazing. You can't Amazing. tell him to open it and then just have me like waiting. We are broadcasting into the matrix. Do you think Agent Smith is listening to us right now? Oh boy! It's that right. thing like with the code that's like it's raining code. I know, but he hasn't even seen the whole thing yet. I have seen the movie. Oh, you said Wait, you didn't see uh, it. He's seen maybe the the first no, one. We haven't I, seen the other ones. The one that we were watching last night, I've seen. Oh. You saw it's. I felt bad well, as we were watching it because I forgot that. how slow that movie is for the vast majority of it. And you, we stopped it just as it starts <laughs> to get good. It's so long for him to figure it out. The other two movies are comparatively less slow. Yeah, I think so. And that's what you want to see. I want to see him like bending reality. Yeah, I'm. I'm good. I got it. it takes you a second to figure it out about the Matrix. Once you got it, let's do it, man. Let's got get it. into it. Yeah, yeah. drive that thing into the, your skull and let's get in there. I think that I fell asleep watching the Matrix the first like eight times. Eight times that I tried to watch it because I was like, it's so slow. I didn't like, even think it was that bad. I can't make it through. It was just like, okay, like when are we going to get to like what's going to happen? I'm just like, it's not that it's that slow. It's just that like you're juiced for him to like figure it out. Yeah. Especially after you know he's going to figure it out, and then you're like, come on, man. Just do it. I know. Do it. But it takes so long. We paused it at like over an hour into the movie. Yeah, we're halfway through it. And yeah. There's like a good half hour. I know. A good <laughs> half that's waiting for us. I know. So that's why it took it took me a minute to get through them. I think by the time I finally made it through the first one, the second and third one had come out. So Amanda asked me if it was posed to me would I take the blue pill or the red pill. I think blue is what takes you out of the matrix, yeah? Correct. Blue is like normal. Yeah. Like you, just go you don't remember anything. Life. Like you we're we're sitting here like we are right now. Still in the matrix. That's it's life. blue. Yeah. So you have to take red to get out and be in uh, what happens. Yes, what happens to Neil. Would you take the blue pill or the red pill? Probably red. Yeah, uh, me too. Also, posed uh, with that question, like, yeah, I think like, the reality though is you wouldn't get there if you were gonna take the blue. You know what I mean? Like, if you're that soft, then they wouldn't even bring you in there. What well, if you take the blue at pill? At the beginning, though, like he wasn't ready for it, right? Like he gave him the option, like to explain things if he like got out of the window and took the thing to the roof. But he, he chose not to. He chose to be arrested. Yeah, but he wasn't posed the question of the pills. No, but it was like, I'll you know, you're going to learn more. I'm going to show you what you're looking for if you take this option. Your other option is to be arrested. Would you take the blue pill, but they make you rich and famous? So you're back into the Matrix. It's not real, but it might as well be real. And you're famous. Oh, and like, rich like, and wealthy, like the, the guy. guy. Yeah, like the turncoat guy. I said he doesn't want to remember. Mm. So they put you back in, but you're like a mogul. Maybe, but real. the only thing is, at the point when he was posed the question of taking the pills, he didn't know. He didn't. He wasn't aware. Yeah. So you could go if you took the blue one and went back rich and famous. You would have no idea that it's all. Exactly. Yeah. So then I think that you're not a mogul at that point because you you don't. Because you, you're the same as everyone else. Because you, you have no insight into it at that point. That's what I mean. But they send you back in, but you're, they send you back in as a With rich, a famous new person. With a reality. They reprogram it, and you're like a different person. Maybe. Whatever. We'll put you as a maybe for that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Probably. What's the likelihood that that's definitely going to happen? Uh, I think it'll happen sooner than people. It's already started. Do you happening. think it's already happening? Yeah, I think the reality is that, like... I was thinking about it last night as we were watching it that maybe 
someone's just toggling the the joystick so hard that they that the matrix is something is was made movies were made so then the matrix could be made so then people would watch that and start to question things and be like that's 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 scary but won't actually happen but it's all it's been it's happening. all purposeful yeah you know what i mean yeah, yeah. to like further convince like it's just a, it's a little pin dropped in but it just further convinces people like Oh, that's terrifying. But that'll never happen. It's amazing. Like, if you think about the first Terminator movie, which is an amazing movie, but it's from 1984. Yeah. It goes so... And obviously there's, there's like, obviously the book, 1984. Like, there's these things that sort of foreshadow this kind of stuff to happen. The Terminator movie is so amazing in the sense that it... Like, that is unbelievably realistic. It seems like we're so close to that, if not, like, at it. And it also seems like once robots figure that out, we have, like, no chance. They are going Joe, to... They are going to annihilate the human race. Joe Rogan posted something a little while ago. It was, like, a screenshot of this article that these people, whoever, they created, like, these robots that are some sort of like life form essentially they're like called like nano nanobots or something and they've started to reproduce on their own oh yeah there's just that moment where they figure it out and then the lights go off and an airplane crashes into everything everything and then <laughs> and then figure it out anyway oh boy diet hacks huh uh-huh. <laughs> Jesus bright spot Luckily, you might not even see it coming. It may not even be that big of a deal. They just they just wipe you right out. You don't even. It's like somebody punching you in the back of the head. You don't even realize. Oh, why would you punch me in the back of the head? Like you want to sneak up on them. I feel like that'd do more damage to you than to the person. I don't know. Maybe it's the hardest part of their head. Maybe I don't know. It's not my area of expertise. Punching people in the head. You need you need an object. What are we talking about today? Uh, eating. Oh, how wonderful. How nice. Yeah. Right almost, in the midst of almost, the holiday season? Almost like the past 70 episodes. <laughs> Not that many. Some of them. We talk Actually, about it a lot because it's an issue. Yes. Like the and reality is it's, it's a problem, so we have to talk about it a lot. Right. And, and there's like little things along the way, right? Like uh, discoveries that we make and... That changes yeah. and alters how we do things. Yep, that's 100% true. We definitely don't operate now. We haven't always operated this way, and it's continually evolving. And so, yeah, I guess we do do episodes sometimes when we figure out there's a need. Like this one, it's kind of like it became apparent that there was maybe a need for this. But also, we, you know, sometimes it's just you evolve as you figure new things out. And sometimes we don't talk about it, and you realize that, like, that could be valuable to share with other people, maybe that would help them out too. Yeah. So today, go ahead. Give us give us the overarching topic for today. Uh, so like overall meals or recipes and and ways that you can still do that uh, if you're tracking your food, right? And I guess when it when it comes to nutrition, we always caveat 
everything that we say, right? Like, oh, if it aligns with your goals, yada, 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 yada. And yes, to a certain extent, some people are just at that point in their life where they are super happy with their body composition and they want to stay that same body composition forever, right? And so if you are one of those people, you're riding out maintenance, congratulations. Like, neither of the three of us are in that boat. And so tracking our food uh, is super important to us. And I, th- I think that's kind of the goal, though. I mean, like for the maintenance. Yeah. For like, yeah. The, like for us and for like effectively all of our clients, I'd, I'm some, on some sort of timeline. That's the goal. For sure. But I think that the vast majority of our clients um, or the vast majority of people, period, are not there. Right? Like, they, they're just not. Everybody has something about their body that they wish they could change. Uh, so whether it's you want to see more visible muscles throughout your entire body, whether you want to quote-unquote tone and tighten things. <sighs> what do you think about uh, that phrase? I hate that when people phrase. tell you they want to, like, tighten and tone up, what do Guess you, what that means? What you you want to gain muscle because that's how that occurs and is by gaining muscle. <laughs> what about, though, if you're... You have, you do, you have like a, uh, pro level amount of muscle, but you're in the off season. So you do just need to tighten up. No. That for those people are not listening to this podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, just a story related to that. So yeah, we're all in a, a f- different phases well, I guess you and I are in the same phase. Amanda and I are in the same fat loss type phase. We're all in a point where we, uh track our food we gather data and i think that's maybe the best way to think about that i think the idea of uh weighing and measuring your food at some level gives people like it um freaks people out a little bit number one it is just not that big of a deal like it's really not a big deal it's easy once you get into the habit Mm -hmm. and so somebody was asking me today because we went to a christmas lunch and we brought our own food because we're right in a point where that's what we need to do, right? So you're in a fat loss phase. For both of us, and I'll maybe just speak for myself, for me it's very important to have control. Does one meal make a big difference in the fat loss block? No, it doesn't. It makes literally no difference. I could have eaten as much as I could there. In the grand scheme of things, over the period of the life of the fat loss diet, it won't make any difference because I'll go right back on right after that. However, if you're going to do something, and this is exactly how I explained it to somebody there because they were inquiring about what I was doing because I brought food. Uh, If you're going to do something, do it. Right? Period. If, if you're not serious about it, then don't do it. Then don't be in a fat loss phase. Don't worry about it. Just keep being at maintenance and maybe wait till a period where you are ready to just do it. But if you're going to do something, like, go for it and be unapologetic about it. Like, you don't have to be mean about it, right? Or make, you know, a flash of spotlight on yourself. Like, we just sat there and ate our things and chatted with people. No big deal. But, like, you're sort of either in or you're out. And so... The idea that I think about in terms of weighing and measuring is I want to know. I don't like indecision. I don't like, well, maybe you ate enough protein today. Maybe you ate too much. Maybe you had enough fat and enough carbohydrate. Maybe too much. Maybe not enough. But if you collect data and you're paying attention, then you know for sure. So if something's not working or 
better yet, if it's really working well, you understand why. As opposed to if it's sort of this, this random game of like you eat now and maybe in f- six hours you'll eat again, but it's like a handful of peanuts or whatever. Like you just don't know what you're doing and you don't know how much progress you're leaving on the table or maybe like to put it more a pointed edge on it, like where you're going wrong, like why it's, it's quote unquote, nothing's working for you. It's because like you have to invest in the process a little bit. And so we're going to give you some good actionable items to do that. But the reality is you have to pay attention to what you're taking in. Like at some level, you have to collect some data about what you're eating or you're, you are, you have a blindfold on, like you just really don't know where you're at. Yeah, and so I think a great example of that is is I have been on the exact same meal plan since July. Like, my meal one has been the same thing since July. Uh, same for two, three, four, and five. Um, but that has allowed my coach and I to collect a ton of data and know how my body responds. Now, the increments have changed, right? So now I'm in... Uh, a fat loss phase, so I have less of those foods, um, but it's still the same thing. Well, and the other element of this is that collecting data doesn't have to necessarily be 100 grams of chicken, right? That kind of data collection. It just could be initially mindfulness. Like every, t- you're going to eat every four hours. So that is tracking because you're paying attention to when you're eating. And every time you eat, you're going to have some kind of lean protein. That is tracking. That is collecting data. And so if you miss one of those, you collect that little data point. Like three out of four, you're good. Tomorrow, we're going to go to four out of four. So there's different levels to do this. And obviously, the people we work with don't all start weighing and measuring, uh, the idea is that we find what works for the person and then you work up from there as you want to, basically. But you, at some level, you have to pay some attention. It can't be random. Right. So my point with that was that, so now things have decreased, but because we spent a period of time tracking just to see what those amounts did for my body in terms of like my body weight and my body fat in terms of composition, uh, we were able to say, okay, so if we subtract this, this, this at these three meals, you should then see weight loss. And that's what happened. And so it's very easy when you know specific things like that, if you are at a point where you are weighing everything that you eat like we do, it's very easy to see the trend. It's very easy to see where things go wrong. If you miss something, like... It's going to affect you. If you add too much of something, it's going to affect you. And so it's finding where you are on that spectrum and acknowledging that maybe you're not at the level we are and that's okay, but you have to do something. Yeah. So if people acknowledge that, all right, we got to do something. We need to pay some attention to what we're eating. It needs to be at regular intervals. We have to exercise, etc. Uh, you know, one of the big things we get, because we tend to eat everything as um, singular items. So for dinner, we're going to have this evening, we're going to have, so, or Ryan and I, right? You have your own thing. Yes. Uh, we're going to, but yours basically mirrors this. Sockeye salmon, cabbage, and potatoes 
into fries, baked potatoes and in, cut into fries. That's what we're going to have. That's We have some variant of something like that every night. It is a protein source. It is a vegetable of some kind or a salad, right? Like something that fits into that category and some kind of healthy carbohydrate, usually potatoes because we like them. Um, and we're usually using the oven anyway. And they're just, especially whether you're on mass or fat loss phase, easy to eat. Uh, but how, the issue with that is that some people like to have dishes. So, and with dishes, right, if you have lasagna, you don't know how much the hell of your, any of that you're eating in terms of protein, fat, or carbohydrate, right? right. One piece of lasagna is question mark. So what we're going to talk about next is how you maybe get around that if your family is or you are insistent on having dishes. Yeah. Or just for like appearance of not being so different, right? Like, so it wasn't a big deal for us to take the food that we took in today for our Christmas lunch and to eat something different from everyone else that everyone else was eating. Like for the two of us, that's not a big deal. Like we don't care. Maybe somebody asks a question, but you move on, right? So, right. but for other people, when you're sitting down and you've got whatever, a two-year-old and an, a six-year-old, right? Like, maybe it is weird. Maybe they don't understand. Like, why is mommy eating something different? Or why is daddy eating something different? Uh, and so just for appearances, we're all going to have the same thing. And so there's a lot of ways that you can do dishes or meals that way, Um and it just may require a little bit more cleanup because you're going to have more pans or pots or whatever. Um, but then you know what you're eating. So tacos are a great thing. Everybody loves tacos. Hard shell, soft shell. Which one are you having? If so- you're going to do it. Uh, soft shell. Soft. Soft. I'm a soft we shell person as well. to wait to wake them up over there. <laughs> Okay, so I'm soft shell as well. So, you know, maybe that's what you're, everybody's having. So maybe for you, if you're in a fat loss phase and those carbs are not an option for you, then instead of having it in a taco shell, you put it in a bowl. You're still going to weigh out your ground beef so you know how much protein you're getting at that meal. And then guess what? Everything else that goes into a taco, for the most part, is free game. You're adding lettuce great nothing you're adding tomatoes great nothing onions nothing like for the most part salsa nothing right now you get into like sour cream or guacamole right then that's where you have to pay attention and maybe something else that you weigh out right because you're probably not going to get a lot of fat and that's a lot of fat but again like then you're having the exact same thing that you're having as your family Right, or you can do the whole tortilla hack and do the mission carb balanced taco shells. It's like you can have two of them and it's five carbs. So if you have five carbs to play with, then you have two soft shell tacos just like everybody else at the table. Yeah. What's your favorite hack, Ry? Um, I would say so most of the rest of my day other than this meal is um based kind of around like a bowl method we'll call it we'll call it the the bowl <laughs> the method bowl. um in the sense that i just take basically all three of those things a carb source a protein source and either a vegetable and or a fat source and put it all in one thing so uh whether it's rice cream of rice um 
just vegetables, you know, I mean, green beans, peas, broccoli, whatever. Um, and then my lean protein and then some sort of condiment, whether it's hot sauce or a mustard or some sort of seasoning or whatever it is and just put it all in one thing and mix it up. Um, partially for ease, right? Cause then it's just one thing. You have one thing that you're eating. Um, and also because I like how it can be, I can have the same meal. Let's say I have ground turkey and rice, but I can have it like seven different ways, depending on the condiments I put on it, depending on so many different things. Um, so it's like infinitely customizable and keeps it uh, very interesting while still largely eating the same the same thing. Um, so I'd say that's kind of my hack, but it's just preference. I don't think it's even, I don't even look at it as a hack. It's just what I like to do. Yeah. And again, I think it's, it's kind of the same thing of how we, we do things as a whole in terms of everything individual. Uh, so another option in terms of like a meal or a recipe, uh, is, you know, it's colder now. So people like soups, stews or chili right and then the issue with that is it's all going into one pot and again like you portion something out but you don't know how much is in there right like you don't know how much protein is actually in your ladle of one of those three things so you get around that by just keeping your protein separate cook whatever it is your ground beef your chicken whatever else comes in a stew chunks of some sort of protein right like cook it separately weigh it out and then add whatever else that you're adding the tomato based product of chili again there are tomatoes so next to nothing assuming in your soup or stew you're using like a chicken broth or beef beef stock or whatever like again not a big deal in terms of your macro counting. So again, different ways that you can have meals, just thinking about it a little differently. I think the separate protein thing makes a ton of sense. There's also, especially if you're the person making it, or even if you're not, but you are watching the person who's making it, if they make soup and they put in two or three chicken breasts and that soup feeds like five people, you're not anywhere close on your protein. So that doesn't mean you can't eat it. Still eat it. Still enjoy yourself. But maybe it's like not a bad idea to have a protein shake after that. Like especially if you're in a, a space where you have a little bit of um, – you have a little bit of space, I guess. Uh, and your issue when it tends to be most people's issue is adequate protein consumption. Just err on the side of a little bit more. I think people get real nervous about – not not eating too much of anything and they're vastly under eating protein where it's just like just cover your bases like if we, i do that all the time if we go out to dinner um and i'm not sure i always err on the side of like high i'll either have some chicken when i get home or i'll drink a protein shake or something like that because i just don't want to be low i don't care if i'm 20 grams high that doesn't that literally makes zero difference but i don't want to be 20 grams low especially on a consistent basis again one day is not going to make any difference if you're if you're forever 20 30 40 grams off of your target like yeah that does make a difference not only in terms of performance but like your body composition it's a huge difference but i think that's a good uh way to get around that yeah or again if it's it's one of those things and you have 
additional ground beef in your refrigerator already cooked or you have additional chicken in your refrigerator already cooked because you're having those at other points in time, then just add more to your soup, your stew, your chili. Like, or you have it on the side. Just smash it. It doesn't right, matter. Right. Like, just have more. I think the name of the game is, like, infinitely customizable. Um, and you can take that to so many different levels. So, obviously, we said kind of like tacos, whether you're doing that with a shell, without a shell. If you are and you don't have a lot of carbs to play with, you can have the carb balance ones. Everyone has their favorite toppings. Um, you know, even if you, there can still be cheese and guac and sour cream on the table, maybe for everyone else, but you don't have that. Uh, burgers are the same way, infinitely customizable. Um, there's so many things like that, even with like salad, right? If you make, if you put together a salad, but don't put dressing on it because the four other people in your family want a bottled dressing that has an insane amount of fat in it then they can put the dressing on their portions and you can put your own dressing, whatever it is, on your own portion. Same goes for like pasta. You know what I mean? Instead of like, I'm going to have, put the pasta and the sauce and the ground beef or chicken or whatever all together, mix it up, put this massive pot and then everyone scoops their portion. Like just have the pasta, have the sauce, then have the protein source. Mm -hmm. And then everyone can take what they want because everyone likes a different amount of sauce. Maybe someone else wants a different kind of sauce. It's all, it actually works better than just like, here it is, figure it out. Um, because everyone has their own choice. And I think that makes it actually more fun for families, especially if you have younger kids or if you tend to have the same things pretty often as we do. Um, that can add some variance uh, and keep things exciting without a lot of extra cost, right? So you can throw some, uh, cut up some jalapenos and throw those in your bowl, your taco bowl, and that's a nice twist to keep things interesting, but maybe your son wants to have just one salsa. You know what I mean? Right. So I think you have to look at things like that and think of things that are infinitely customizable, Uh Obviously, tacos, like we said, or even like fajitas or, I mean, you could go on forever. But I think that's that's kind of the name of the game um, because everyone then gets what they want and it's easy to construct as you need. Yeah. And so I think that that kind of takes us into our next topic of quote unquote bad foods, right? As, as everybody's like, oh, well, isn't blah a bad food? And the reality is, is there's nothing bad, right? It's just at different points in your fat loss phase or in your muscle gain phase that you can have more or less of certain types of foods. So pasta is one of them, right? Like pasta is not a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with eating them. If you're in a fat loss, probably not the best idea because you're not going to get a lot of carbs. So you're not going to get a ton of pasta. So you'll probably still be hungry, but you can still do it. So if you're having spaghetti with your family or chicken Alfredo, again, whatever it is, right? Just have three different things. Noodles, in one pan, sauce in another, protein in another, and then portion out your um, allotted pasta. I think I think the thing is like using keeping with pasta as the example. It's not the like quote unquote bad part of it is that it's extremely dense in carbohydrate. So like for most people, 
the large amount of the population probably shouldn't be eating a ton of carbohydrates at one sitting or in the day, right? If right. the majority of the population is at some level overweight. But if you actually, like pasta for most people is probably extremely digestible and doesn't have like, I mean, you could go super like rudimentary and go like brown rice pasta. And then it's, it's literally just brown rice. Like there's nothing quote unquote bad about it. Right. I think the bad part is that you just can't, depending on who you are, you can't eat a lot of it. Well, I think I agree with both of you. And that was, that's kind of the point is this pasta, especially like whole wheat pasta, or some pasta that has a little more fiber in it to slow down the insulin response, slow down the digestion, make it a little more satiating is no better or worse from you than something else, which very, very similar gets bad rap, which would be rice, particularly brown rice. Um, they're great options in the right situation. But going back to our original point, pasta is, and so is rice, wildly easy to overeat. So if you're just like, well, I'm going to have three servings of it. Like, yeah, you, you ate about four times as much carbohydrate, almost certainly, as you actually need. Especially if we start to look at your daily level of activity, your goals in terms of your body composition. Like, yeah, you're nowhere close. So in that sense, it isn't a great choice. It's not a bad food, but it's not a great choice if you're not paying attention. And the point we're making is... All the foods that we're going to talk about in the next couple minutes that are quote-unquote bad aren't really. However, you need to have some sense of how much of them you're eating because if you overeat them and they're easy to do, it will stop your progress, period. Like you just won't make any progress because you're, you're not in a deficit. For you to lose fat, you have to be in a deficit Period. There's just no way around it. So what are some other things like this that aren't that people are like, oh, I had this. And you're like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. So uh, I put chips and salsa on that list. Right. In a certain situation, again, like, yeah, it's easy to sit down and like stuff your face with chips and salsa. I get it. But they're not bad food. Right. Again, salsa is like next to nothing. So have at it. Uh, chips, again, if you're in a fat loss phase, may not be a great option in terms of your carbs. But if, again, you're just trying to be normal, hang out with everybody, like having some, not a big deal. Or again, great hack, like buy the carb, whatever, balance. balance, Thank you. Carb balance tortillas, cut them up, into the shapes of little chips and bake them in the oven and then it's not a big deal. Again, you can have two full ones, which depending on what size you cut them, could be like 20 chips. And guess what? That's more than enough and it's five carbs. It's That's not... That is definitely not enough. <laughs> well, you're, you're muscle gain right now. For those of us in fat loss, like it, it's plenty. It serves that purpose of like feeling like you're normal, right? Like it, there's so many different things that you can do to... M- make it seem like I'm part of my family and I'm not doing something that's so restrictive, right? Like there's going to be a time and a place for that, especially if we're trying to lose weight, especially if we are trying to change our body composition, there's going to be a time and a place where you just have to understand, like it just, I have to do this because I want this end goal period. However, there's other ways that kind of in the in-between that you can get around that. So that's one of them. French fries. We have them every single day. Baked right? French fries. But, well, all right. Thanks. Spoiler alert. Well, I thought Jesus. you were just going to say, like, we have, like, a deep fryer. What if we did? 
What a pain that would well, be. An air fryer to air fryer. I know. Fine. All yeah. right. Sorry. Jesus. I'm sorry, everyone. Spoiler alert. I'm sorry. Jesus. Go on, please. French fries. We have them, right? And by that, what we mean is we literally take a potato, cut it, and however we want. Sometimes they're thick. Sometimes they're thin. You want it a little more crunchy? You want it a little more soft? Not a big deal. Spray it with the olive oil can. Sprinkle it with salt. Put it in the oven. 425, 30 to 35 minutes, easy. And you don't need to stand over the oven. Just put them in there, set a timer, walk away. Do but something else. Super great. Or in the air fryer. You figured that out in terms of your fries at yeah, home. Yeah, we keep, we keep stuff. I've never done it. I've only done it here. Oh, only here. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll get we back on it. That. We did. But again, we might start today. I might get it going again. It's just another option, right? Everybody's got an air fryer. There's so many different things you can do with them. Again, it. Look at look at the book. It comes with a thing that's like, look at all this fun things that I can make. Super simple, super quick. Like, it's it's not hard. It really isn't. You just it just ha- what you have to be is a little bit intentional about it. It's not actually super difficult. Well, and stop making things good or bad. Like that's the, the reality. Is there's there's nothing now. You can't have cake every day. Like that's not that's not great. But. Again, it's just being more aware of what it is that you're eating and understanding that at different phases in your life, you have to make some sort of exception. And that's it. Well, and you can have those things every day, right? You can have a piece of cake every day. You can have a couple beers every day or a bourbon or whatever your thing is. You can. You just won't make any progress. Like, that's the reality. Like, and people play little games with it like they won't eat that much. So maybe they can get away with that. And that's fine. But you're almost certainly not eating enough of something that you probably should be. You're almost certainly protein deficient, nutrient deficient, something like that. So you can squeeze in that beer or two in the evening. And, you know, we're not telling you anything you don't know. Like your your body composition is not going to change. So there, none of this, to be in a fat loss phase, is not meant to be permanent. We've said that before, but we're going to keep saying it. It's a temporary phase that you come in and out of and you take breaks with in between because it will make you crazy. You can't sit at a deficit. Number one, if you actually did that, you would starve to death on a long enough timeline. So you can't do it permanently because you'll die. But it causes a lot of psychological fatigue and a lot of hormonal changes over time. And so to correct that, we have to come out of a deficit. And that's when you can take your foot off the gas and loosen up a little bit. So a lot of this is keeping it in perspective too. So if you're, if think about doing a fat loss phase or you're in the midst of one and it's like kind of a bear because you feel like you can't be as social or you feel like you're eating different things. Like, first of all, understand that it's not permanent. The other point I would make is, you know, I'll be honest with you. The other stuff that you quote unquote have to give up isn't actually good for you. It's not actually good for you to drink every day or to drink like really regularly. Like it's poison. It's not good for you. Now, does that mean we never drink? Absolutely not. Certainly we do. Every once in a while we'll have drink. For sure. We're not machines. Is it good for you to have like dessert type stuff every day? No. You already know that. Like that's not a newsflash. Does that mean we never have desserts? It absolutely does not. (laughs) We definitely (laughs) do. Do we all the time? No. No. 
they're special occasion type things. You have like some super cool beer or super cool bourbon. That's a special occasion type thing. It's not meant to be an every single day kind of thing, regardless of what the companies that produce it would like you to think. So it's important to keep that in perspective too, um, is that what you're doing isn't meant to be a permanent lifestyle. It's a temporary thing to get you to where you want to be so you can be in perma-maintenance, basically. Yeah, and I think some of the things that don't even really relate to just fat loss, right? Like, obviously, it's super important during a fat loss phase to be, like, super dialed in and know what it is that you're consuming and making sure that you are in a deficit because it is very easy to out-eat a deficit. However, all of these things are true no matter what phase that you're in. Even in a massing phase, like, to a certain extent are, oh, these are bad foods. I shouldn't eat them. Again, like, no. You can, and during that time, it's probably a better time to do that, right? Because imagine if I sat here and told you that for your third meal of the day, to get your carbs, you had to eat 560 grams of broccoli. You'd look at me like I was crazy. Like, no, I don't want to eat that much broccoli. Your stomach probably doesn't want you to either. Uh, But guess what? Then you can have pasta, and you can have a pretty decent amount of pasta, and it's, it's not a big deal. So again, it's just rethinking about how you look at food and how you address each meal that you eat. Question for Rye. When you were little, uh, did Uh we make you your own stuff? Like when we sat down to dinner or when we went out to a restaurant, did you get like stuff from the kids meal, uh, on average? So two part question. Go ahead and hit, hit the people with a little knowledge about your sort of background as a child, a young child. Uh, no and no. <laughs> no. So oddly, we, had, we made the same thing for everybody when we had dinner at home. When we went out to a restaurant, you ordered from like the regular human menu. You didn't get like the nuggets or whatever. Right. Weird. Interesting. So now I guess we should caveat this with at that point in your life... You were not like this, you know, fitness guru that people people know you to be now. No, quite the opposite. Quite the opposite indeed. But what we did was initially, uh, from a very young age, Rye uh, went to restaurants pretty frequently. Because a lot of times that was the, the time where the three of us could hang out together. Like just the three of us. So it was like he got pretty used to going to restaurants when he was little. And so obviously the behavior element wasn't a problem. But the ordering like... Uh, new stuff and trying new things was something that we pushed. We didn't actually have to push it very hard because it's just sort of natural if you make it not a taboo thing. And we were fortunate that both of us had a pretty wide palate. Um, that sort of just naturally happens. But no, certainly not. Even when we were at home, even if you could, you know, certainly now we could look back and poke holes at some of the things that we were having for dinner. Right, we could have optimized that a good bit, and certainly I wasn't measuring my food at that point. Um, but we all had the same thing, and so, quite honestly, it's galling to me when I hear that that's not the case. Now, obviously, there's some exceptions, and there's aversions and allergies and stuff like that. If your kid has a wild allergy, I understand that's different. Assuming that's not the case, the idea that you're making two different things to me, is absurd. Because what it creates is 
obviously, aside from being uh, just being a lot more work, it uh, makes it very difficult for your kids potentially to have very good eating habits. Um, and it makes it more difficult for you, right? So there, it should be, every, everything should be the same and the focus should be on healthy food. And if we're having healthy food and we're juiced to try new things and if we understand that like that's what you're having and we understand that like you'll eat anything if you get hungry enough, right? So they're like, well, my kids won't eat it. Yeah, they will. Starvation, the feeling of hunger, is one of our most powerful human instincts. They'll eat it. You just got to wait it out. I guarantee you they'll eat it on a long enough timeline. And that's that's kind of where you have to be. So you coined the phrase. I'm not going to steal it from you. But where you need to be in terms of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, and it was the same thing for my household. I don't, I don't have any kids. But, like, my sister was a super, super picky eater. But my mom, she worked two jobs for a good portion of our life, was a single mom. And so it was like, what's on the table is what you're getting. If you don't like it, then you don't eat. And there were times where my sister would sit there for like two hours. My mom and I would like go sit on the couch and we were watching watching our evening show before bedtime. And I remember my sister sitting at the dinner table because she refused to eat. Eventually, guess what? She ate. And Weird. she ate what my mom had in front of her, and it wasn't anything bananas. Um, so at the end of the day, as the parent, you you set the standard. And it's important when kids are young it's for them to understand these kind of conversations, right? Because I don't remember having these kind of conversations with my mom growing up, right? Like I didn't have the kind of experience that Rye had growing up. Like it was very like hamburger helper like meatloaf, potatoes, like that sort of thing. Um, and so now like, it's important for me to have those conversations. And now I'm trying to do the reverse and teach my mom and my sister about healthy habits, especially with my niece, who's now four and like being like, guess what? You're the one that gets to decide. Like, so if she wants chicken and because she knows quote unquote chicken nuggets exist. So then put chicken in the oven and tell her, yeah, we're having chicken nuggets for dinner and then give her chicken. She's not, she's not going to know any different. Like if you want to get super fancy, pull out a freaking cookie cutter and cut the chicken into whatever dinosaurs or hearts or a pumpkin, like what, whatever you can make the quote unquote chicken nugget for them. Again, go back to the air fryer. Like you can, you can control that and still give them something that's healthy and have these conversations so that when they get older, it's not as much of a struggle or the struggle that you feel like you're going through now as a parent. Well, two things to add to that. So you've alluded to the first thing is involve your kids in the cooking, number one, because that on a long enough timeline takes some of the burden off of you. If you have a team of helpers, that's good. It might be, it's going to make more work for you at first, but over the time it'll be less, and they're going to be much more invested in eating whatever they help to make. And obviously, then there's some tricks like that where you can make quote unquote chicken nuggets at home, but that are actually not like frozen from a bag, that kind of stuff. Um, the other element of that, and maybe Rye thinks. His life growing up was draconian. I'll let him speak on that if he does. But, like, it's not a democracy, man. Right? Like, when your kids get older, yes, it, it is a much more... It's a conversation, right? It's not... 
uh, dictatorial. But if your kids are like five and six, like you're in charge. You wouldn't let them sprint out into like a busy street because they want to, right? You don't let them, if you go out into a public setting, like run away from you to the point where you can't see them, right? You wouldn't let them do that. People get super nervous about like public health and all that kind of stuff. And that's all fine. That has merit. But then it's like, okay, so do they like run your household? Like, are you kidding? Like, so it, it, you, it, at some level, for them to develop good, healthy habits, you have to instill those. Because, yes, a six-year-old kid left to his or her own devices will only eat ice cream. They don't have the mental capacity to understand that that's not the way you want to run it. So you have to make the decision for them. And that extends basically until they leave your care is you're you're showing them how to do that stuff. And so the other element of that is quite honestly, if you know that you have poor eating habits, this should be a huge motivator for you to fix that and seek out some help from that or for that because you're instilling those poor eating habits in your children, almost certainly. And so if you don't want to see them follow the same path, you need to create a new path, right? If you don't, if you've had trouble in your life maintaining your weight, you don't like your body composition, some health problems related to that, like you're create, you're setting them up for that. So you have to, you know, audit, frankly, what you're doing and and make sure that you're not creating, you know, making that a generational thing. Yeah. And I'd say for you, Ryan, now, obviously, you're a grown man, so you make your own food. You go your, you go to the grocery store. Uh, but even when you were younger in terms of what you chose to eat, right, like you made, made better choices, quote unquote, because of that. Yeah. It wasn't even like a thought process really second nature yeah but and so now you know going through your 20s you're not gonna be this you know standard right the i mean you know wings and beer and pizza every weekend and barely eating anything throughout the day you know living that kind of normal 20 you know i don't have any money in my pocket situation no like you know how to put together a meal and understand how to make your dollar go a little further by buying food at home and making it. Yeah, I was going to say even further than putting together a meal, like not just like recklessly walking through the store being like, I need chicken. I'll grab the first one I see. And then you're spending like $6 a pound on chicken. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even, yeah, I think it's just like, even if you have have the funds to that it doesn't you can buy whatever you want like i think it's still being thoughtful about that stuff especially with something like rice you know what i mean like organic rice as opposed to nor like you're wasting your money right yeah and so i think that that's the thing is is the more you involve your family right whether it's your spouse or whether it's your children in these sorts of things you're only doing them a favor in the long run right so if you are listening to this and you're an adult and you're going i can't figure this out because i've spent the last 
20, 30, 40 years of my life struggling with this. I've, you know, done the yo-yo dieting. I've lost weight. I've gained weight. I'm not happy with my body composition. At the end of the day, if you start to have these conversations with your children, you get them involved in the grocery shopping process, in the cooking process, you're setting them up to not be where you are in 20, 30 years. Well, and on the other side of that, to know that Rye has those skills is extremely gratifying as a parent, right? So the goal of a parent to me is to have your children surpass you in every conceivable way for them to be better than you in every category. So what you wouldn't want to see conversely is your children struggle with nutrition and struggle with body composition. And then of course, very tightly correlated to that is struggle with their health, right? You don't want to see the person, the the people you care about more than anything in the world, more than your own life, really, you don't want to see them struggle, right? You want to see them be successful. Well, you you are the parent. You have to create that. So it's extremely gratifying when it works, but it takes a little time for it all to work out. And one has to just keep that in mind. You're laying the foundation. I think the reality is like, why wouldn't, you, wouldn't shouldn't the goal be to have your kid be able to like have their girlfriend or boyfriend over at like 18 or 19 and be able to cook a meal for them like a healthy meal for themselves by themselves like that's pretty outlandish now in this society but it shouldn't be it's not that it's not like revolutionary it's it's like the idea of um that maybe all of the or many of the conceptions of society are wrong. So maybe that's a rarity, but maybe that's society's problem. Maybe that's it's not what you're doing that's the problem. Like if if eating well is a rarity, well then you need to be part of the rarity. Like that's not your problem. That society is is moving in another direction. You have to walk like against the trend a little bit, and understand that uh, the problem isn't uh, you doing something different. The problem is everybody else doing the same thing. Yeah, it, it's funny that you say that because I saw like a meme the other day from a like a nutritionist that I follow. Um, it said something along the lines of like, "Isn't it ironic that somebody who eats healthy, that the first words out of someone's mouth is like, oh, so what kind of diet are you on?'" And the reality is, is it's like that's how you should be eating, and it's how everyone before us ate. Right? It was meats, berries, greens, like it's what you had access to. That's how we're supposed to eat. It's all of this other crap that's been introduced to us that we shouldn't be eating. So it's like reevaluating and setting that as the standard that we're eating how we're supposed to eat. And that's instilled throughout the generations to come. Yeah. Your, your food choices really shouldn't change much depending on your diet phase. It's just amounts. Remind don't really change at all. Yours don't really change at all. It's yeah. just, just how much. Some right. things maybe go out a little bit, but most of it's exactly the same. Because it's the idea is that you're supposed to eat things that are nutrient-dense, a lot of fiber, healthy for you. And if you do that, it gets you, even just doing that, like 90% of the way there. If you eat four times a day 
And every time you eat uh, some kind of lean protein in either a fruit or a vegetable, you're solid. You'll be 90% of the way towards looking how you want to look, literally, if you just do that. It's that simple. But the issue is, is people don't do that. Right. Right. So again, if you've made it through this entire episode, remember that all the things that we talked about, um, it doesn't matter which phase you are in. It doesn't matter if it's fat loss, if it's muscle gain. Or if you're just sitting in maintenance, like these are all things that you can do at these different points to make your life easier and to attain the goal that you want. That's it, baby. Chicken and apples.